Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 196. We're going to talk about the theory of diminishing returns and how it applies to softball. Before we get into that, though, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. And I remind you every time, folks, but take advantage of that EFP20 discount. It helps to support the podcast, and it's also a great way for you to save that additional 20% on an already great product that's affordable to begin with. So take advantage of that. It's good for everybody. Also, if you are in a position where you can, become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Uh, we need more people to come on board. We've been beating this drum now for quite some time. If we get eight or ten more people to become patrons, this podcast can actually be self-sustaining. And uh, that's something that Coach Don and I keep talking about. We've got to get to that point here sooner than later if we're going to be able to keep doing this into the future. So if you see value in what we're doing, you want us to be able to continue to do it, and you're in a position where you can help us. Again, we're talking about 5 10 or $20 a month. Thousands of people listen, so we'd like to see a few more people come on board. And obviously, we do really appreciate the patrons who have been supporting us. If it was not for that They've group of great. people, yep. yeah, we would have been out of business a long time ago. So, Don... The idea of diminishing returns. So let's just do a, a quick little walk down memory lane so that everybody can under, understand where we're coming from with this discussion. Once upon a time, games were the highlight and practice was the routine. You practiced a lot and you played a little. You might have three, four, five days of practice and then you'd get a game or two or three. And over time, that model has changed drastically from the old school practice a lot, play a little. So when you played those few games, everybody was jacked up and excited and couldn't wait to play to now we live in a world where at all levels, but for sure in the travel ball world and in some other areas as well, that we're playing so many games that it's many, many games and very few, if any, practices. So the problem that we run into, the uh, idea of diminishing returns, is where the games used to be something that we really valued, we were really excited about, really passionate about. Now the games are kind of like, eh, oh well, I guess we're playing. <laughs> it's uh, the get to and have to thing. Right. Huh? Oh, I guess we're, you know, I guess we're going to play another game. And where I see it all the time is that a lot of the players that we deal with play so many games that it almost starts to feel like the games are a nuisance. It's like it's a like you said a have to versus something that they're excited about doing. Now, if it's a good day and things start off right and they're rolling that day and they're, you know, their their team's clicking, well then the games start to become more fun. But the flip side of that is because they know that no matter what happens in this game, we're going to play another one in 45 minutes and then three more today and five more tomorrow. I'll get another. That they yeah. don't know how to and they are not as prepared as maybe we wish they were to handle the it's not quite going our way today 
days as much as as they should, or as as I think we sometimes used to feel like we were prepared for. So the idea that we play so much that we take the games for granted. What do you think? No, I think it's so true, Tori. And for me, it's kind of hard to grasp it because when I grew up, lived up in Canada, played baseball all my life, but we didn't have a whole bunch of teams around us. So game day was a big deal. We practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced so that we could you know, drive off a few hours to go play a team that, that was doing the same thing. And that was a big day. That right. was the, the payback for all the hard work that we do. And um, even when we coached in college, we practiced so much. I mean, we were practicing six days a week, you know, through the fall and played a couple of games here and there, but continued to practice, uh, you know, all the time for the, for the weekend games or for that next set of games. Right. And, and that was kind of exciting. But now with the logistics of, you know, the makeup of the teams with kids coming from all over from different places and, you know, there's so few that can get to any of our official team practices. It seems like it's exactly what you're saying the other way around. Right. And to your point, if I don't have a great game right now, I don't really have to put forth all my effort because I'm going to have another one here in 30 minutes. Right. We're going to have a snack and warm up and we're going to play again. We've been guaranteed seven games this weekend. So my third game isn't that great. I still have four more to go. Right. It is kind of interesting for coaches. And I think part of the, the point is, is for us to figure out how to, create a little bit more enthusiasm or yeah. or excitement for each and every one of these games. And, right. you know, I don't know about tricking kids into it, but, uh, you know, sometimes psychologically we've got to create a scenario where they dig in a little bit harder. You know, I heard in the parking lot that other team laughing that they were playing against us, right? right? So so I'm going to fire my kids up and, and get them going. Like, they, th- they think they got y'all. What, what, you know, how's this going to go? Right. But, uh, yeah, make it fun and, and see if we can't uh, figure out how to make each game a little bit more exciting. Right. Well, and I think uh, this whole phenomenon is something that we need to be talking about because I think that it infects the coaching ranks just as much as it does the players. I, mean, I think it affects the adults, the parents that are around the teams just as much. You know, we talk about human nature all the time, and human nature is always going to be the enemy of being really good at anything or being great at something because the path of least resistance is always what people are are going to choose or at least the vast majority of people. And so if I'm having a bad day today and I have the choice of digging deep and fighting to save this game or saving my energy and conserving my uh, my emotional investment for the next game that I know is definitely going to happen and even it might not be till next week Right. But, okay, so we're, we're playing like crap on Sunday. Well, okay, this wasn't our weekend, but next weekend we'll get them. Right. Well, maybe, but I think part of the problem is we, we are so quick to write these learning opportunities off to kind of just, you know, throw in the towel and move on to the next game that that's what I want us to start to think about. And I don't have the answer to this dilemma, but I think it's definitely something that all of us need to start to invest some time and energy into thinking about. Because if we can't figure out a way to stem this tide and have the kids value playing the games more, what's the answer? Just playing more games so that <laughs> work through it, right? So that you know the fact that you know twenty percent of our games are going to be crappy that we're not going to worry about it because we're going to play an additional so many more forty more games. That means we're going to play thirty good ones and ten crappy ones. But at least we're going to you know have more you know more good ones than than crummy ones by just adding more opportunities. And so 
as you mentioned, Don, you know, the logistics, especially in the travel ball world, have gotten to the point now where we've got kids from different time zones playing together, not even different zip codes or different you know mailing addresses and stuff like that. And so the idea of having three or four practices and then playing a couple of games and having three or four practices and playing a couple of games, that idea is so far beyond what's happening Kenny, anymore. Kenny, it's not even capable. Yeah. And, and the thing that's really kind of crazy to me is looking at what's going on with a lot of the high school kids that I deal with, I think some of this same attitude is kind of trickling into the high school coaches too, where they're more worried now about how we can squeeze more games in than more practices. Now there's still the, the handful of old school coaches that are you know kind of of the cloth we are of, you know, they really want to practice. They like practicing a lot. And so they're going to, you know, have as much training and as much practice time as they can between games. But I'm even seeing high school coaches that will you know have a game on Tuesday and you know, we'll, we'll just take Wednesday off because we don't play again until Friday. So we'll have the potential to practice on Wednesday and work on what we needed to work on from Tuesday's game. But we think that, you know, the games are the only thing that matters. So we take a day off on Wednesday. We have a light practice on Thursday where we've already forgotten most of what we needed to work on from Tuesday. And then we'll go out and play the next day and hope that somehow all these things are going to solve themselves. Sometimes it's just magic, right? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen very much magic, and there there might be some sports where you can not practice a lot and get better, but softball is not one of them. And the thing I really like about the podcast story is that we kind of bring up things that uh, that might get missed. You know, I mean, and if and if any of the coaches can create an environment where some of these things are addressed and at least acknowledged, and that we're trying to work through them, like you said, don't know what the answer is, don't right. know how to make it perfect. But at least we're addressing some of these things that could potentially make our season and our group better. Right. Well, and the one thing that uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier that I think is one of the biggest challenges and one of the things that I would say for all of our coaches, let's try this as part of the solution. Let's find a few more tournaments every year that instead of getting the seven-game guarantee where our kids know no matter what we do, we're playing seven games this weekend, let's do a lot more of the two-game guarantees with a bracket. You know, two-game guarantee with a single elimination or a double elimination so that... Gotta go win. Yeah, if we really want to keep playing, we've got to do something to keep playing. And again, I don't know that that's going to work with all kids, but it's going to work with some. And the reality of it is this has gotten so far down the road, I have zero illusions that we're really solving this problem. What I'm really hoping for is that on every team in America we can get two or three of their kids to really look forward to playing games again. To spark it. Yeah, spark to, to, yep. to see every game as an opportunity instead of, you know, some games are an obligation and some games are an opportunity. I want them to, you know, if we can get one or two players on every team, I don't have no hope of, of changing everybody's opinion about it. And for all of you coaches that are listening to this saying, well, you've not seen my team. My team is super fired up and super excited for every game. I hope so. I hope hope so. I I wish that was true, but here's what I want you to think about. Are they fired up because it seems like they're cheering like crazy in the pregame warmup and they're really fired up and excited for the first five minutes. And as soon as they go down one run, they stop trying, they stop playing, they give up. They don't think that they can win today. And they flip that switch to complacent. Uh, I wish I wasn't playing this game kid. Cause they're going to get another. Right. And yeah. that's what I think a lot of coaches don't realize that they think, well, they're really fired up before every game. Look how much they're cheering. Look how, you know, how enthusiastic they are. It's, are they still that same player, that same kid 
when they're down five runs in the second inning. If they're down five runs in the second inning and they're still that kid, then they do really want to play that game. Yeah. If they're down five runs in the second inning and they're mailing it in, guess what? They're part of the problem. And they're, yeah. they're just like all these other kids that we're talking about. So let's start to figure out ways to value the, we have to play well to keep playing. We don't have the promise of getting X number of games. You know, one of the things that has crazy amazing that it used to be this way, when I first started recruiting, there were almost zero pool play games. There were very few showcase games. If you entered a tournament, you entered a double elimination tournament, and if you played badly, you played two games and you were home by lunchtime on Saturday. Right. And for a lot of kids, you know, they did that, you know, a t- couple, two, three weekends in a row, made up their mind, wait a second, we don't want to be the team that's always going home early. We're going to have to I'm work harder. Fight. We're going to fight harder. Yeah. We're going to play better. And so let's start mixing in a lot more of those. If we win, we keep playing. If we lose, we go home kind of opportunities. Let's start trying to instill more of those competitive things in practice. I've given up again because this is never going to change, but let's have a team where kids really think they have to show you on a day-to-day basis that they deserve to play instead of you negotiated that they're going to be the shortstop before the season started kind of situation. But and, kind of, does that start with mom and dad though, Tori? Cause you know, we talk about getting our money's worth, right? You know, so we have to be in these seven game guarantees right. because I got to make sure mom and dad are happy getting their money's worth. Right. To the coaches that are worried about that, I'm not saying you're going to fix all those kids. If right. you've got that, you know, the parent that the only reason they're on your team is because you promised that their daughter is going to be the shortstop. And then you notice that that's the same player that every time things go a little bit wrong, every time we have a little bit of a rough day, she's the first one to lay down and quit. Yeah, You've made that bed for yourself. So you've created that own, your, your problem. I'm not worried about that kid. That kid might not be savable. I'm worried about the other kid that might not be quite in that same boat that isn't, you know, entitled to playing time that maybe looks at it and says, Hey, if, if, if I work really hard, I might actually improve my place on this team. I might get to play a little bit more. I might move up in the batting lineup, those kinds of kids. And I'm trying to reach that kid and put our coaches of a mindset to settle for smaller victories. You're not going to stem the tide of this. We've already discussed. If you think your team isn't one of these teams, I think you're seeing it through rose colored glasses, but Start to identify the three or four kids that you can save. Keep trying to make it better. Right. Yep. And if you can save two or three and you get them on board to where they you know, are willing to do whatever it takes on game day, that might, they're super might be fired contagious. Up, that might start to stem the tide. You're yep. still going to have two or three turds on your team. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The quotient right now on every team that I watch is about 25%. So, and my grandfather was a very not diplomatic person, but he would talk about not being able to polish one of those, right? So let's not worry about that. Let's just think about what we can do to help the kids that we can still save, right? So let's uh, you know, take that triage approach to it and see if we can't save a few and start to stem this tide. Because this idea let's of- Keep making it better. Right, of, of everybody thinking that they have to play games instead of exciting that they get, excited that they get to play games is really heartbreaking. Yeah, no, I think that's a good topic, Tori. All right, well, thanks to Stan for that. Stan's our source for all really good ideas and thoughtful topics, so we appreciate that. But if you have questions or ideas, suggestions, things that you want Coach Don and I to talk about, you want to argue with us about something that we said you think we're wrong. Shoot us a note. Yeah, Yeah. send us an email, everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Be brief and small. Yeah, let's uh, make sure that we're talking about stuff that you're interested in or sharing your opinion about stuff that we need to be thinking about a little bit differently. So... That's going to wrap up number 196. 
Please make sure you support Anderson Bat and patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. Become a patron. Go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your square cuts training discs. They're $49.95 a dozen. You can also look at the blogs and the YouTube channel. There's hundreds and hundreds of bits of information there for you to, to tap into. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.